This morning, you're going to have to have a bookmark or a pinky finger or something. Because as you know, we've been going through a a topical series here on what it is like to live as a Christian in a post-Christian world. And this morning, I have deliberately chosen two texts to deal with two aspects of our topic, but also to show that this is something that is taught throughout the breadth of the Bible. In the very beginning of the Old Testament, and then in the latter parts of the New Testament, in Paul's epistles. So we're going to look first at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25. And then I'm going to ask you to hold your place there and to turn to the book of Deuteronomy, which is the giving of God's law for the second time through His servant Moses. And we will look at Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 13 through 16. This is the very Word of God. It is perfect in all its parts, Old and New Testament. It is inspired. It is inerrant. It is sufficient. And yes, it is authoritative over you and me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. And now Deuteronomy chapter 25, beginning at verse 13. You shall not have in your bag two kinds of weights, a large and a small. You shall not have in your house two kinds of measures, a large and a small. A full and fair weight you shall have, a full and fair measure you shall have, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. For all who do such things, all who act dishonestly, are an abomination to the Lord your God. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray for His blessing upon it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You this evening. Lord, we come before You as the God of truth. And not, Lord, just as the God of truth, but as truth itself. It is what You declare, O Lord, that is true. And so, Lord, we ask this morning that You would remind us that if we are to follow after You, we must be a people of truth. And that You will conform us to the image of Your Son, who is the way, the truth, and the life. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Have you ever had a screen that you have looked at that wasn't quite right? You know, in the old days, we had the very large tube TVs. Some of you younger people don't even remember the televisions that were an entire piece of furniture. They took up half a room. 
Now they're thin and small and you carry them in your pocket. But one of the things that is common between new TVs and old television sets is that sometimes they need adjustment. Sometimes they need to be brightened so we can see them. Sometimes the images seem to fade into the background. And one of the knobs that you could turn was a knob called contrast. It, it was a way to make the difference in colors stand out a bit more. Now, you had to be careful not to get too much contrast because then it was hard to see, but if you didn't have enough, it all just looked like one big blob. And you know, the world is a lot like that. As we look out into the world and as people look out into the world, there is a sense in which we need contrast to see the differences. Oftentimes, I wonder if this is behind God's purpose in ruling over the world as He does. Perhaps you, like me, get frustrated at times and wonder, why is the world in such a bad shape? Why does God allow people to commit so much sin? Why does God not set things right, right this minute for me? And I think, in truth, it's because the Lord is giving us a a stage, a television set, as it were, in which His church, His people, His children can stand out in contrast to the world. This morning we're going to look at one of the ways in which this occurs. It is perhaps not the most important way that we think of at first glance, but I want you to think of this as this everyday way of living as perhaps one of the most important contrasts that Christians can have in a lost world. And it's a contrast of being honest in a lying world. Of telling the truth in a world of lies. Now at first blush that sounds incredibly easy, right? I haven't asked you to go and be a missionary in Africa. I haven't asked you to sell all your worldly possessions. I haven't even asked you to come every single week to morning and evening service. All I've asked you to do is tell the truth. But I think as we look into this subject and delve into it, we will see that this is perhaps one of the most difficult of contrasts for us to maintain. And because of that, it's also one of the most rewarding. So this morning as we look at our two texts, I would like us to see three things about the truth. The first is to acknowledge and understand that we live in a world of lies. We live in a world of lies. The second thing that we need to understand is that there is a need for truth. There is a need for truth, especially for the believer, but for the world as well. And the third thing that we will see is that this need for truth in a world of lies has to occur not just with talk. Being truthful involves more than just speech. A world of lies, the need for truth, and not just talk. Well, let's begin then by looking at what Paul has to say in Ephesians chapter 4. 
He begins by saying, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth. He's going to begin here an important discussion about our actions as Christians. And as your eye scans down the page, you will see this. He's going to begin covering a long list of how we are to act. He begins with lying, and then he moves on to stealing, and then he moves to anger and bitterness and wrath. Then he moves to the need for forgiveness. And then he moves into how this involves us in relationship to each other. It's interesting, though, that he begins with lying and the truth. He doesn't begin with murder, which I think many of us would see as a more serious sin. He doesn't begin with adultery. He doesn't even begin here in this section with blasphemy. He begins with lying and the truth. And this is important for us because lying and the truth touches on the very fabric of the universe. The very first word of this verse is therefore. Now I hope and pray that I have trained you well that when you see a therefore in the text, the first thing that you do is you look back and you see what the therefore is there for. And look at how Paul has contextualized this command. He begins by describing how we have learned Jesus Christ and how we are in verse 21 to put off our old self because of the truth that is in Jesus. And we are to put on a renewed creation in righteousness and holiness. Now, this is important, and it seems self-evident, but let me say it to be clear. Paul is not saying, do not lie and tell the truth so that God will love you. He's not. I know that for many of us, that is our first reaction. And we think that if we tell the truth and don't lie, God will love us, or He will love us more, that God will see that we are really trying, that we are doing our best. But that's not what God wants from the outset. Do you see here? Paul says, because you have been changed, because of what God has done, because you are putting off the old man and putting on the new, therefore, tell the truth. It's a critical distinction. It's a distinction about whether the gospel is true or not. Because you see, as soon as we begin to say, tell the truth and therefore God will save you, we have lost the gospel. And as soon as we say, God will save you and it doesn't matter what you do, we have lost the gospel. Because the gospel changes. It makes a difference. It brings out a contrast, not in who we are, not in what we have done, but in what God does. You see, this is the result. And so Paul says, therefore, because of what the Lord has done, put away falsehood. Now, words are wonderful things. And sometimes I think we want words to be as precise as mathematical equations. And they're not. And this is a good example of it. This verb phrase, 
put away falsehood could really be translated in one of two ways with a slight nuance. It could be a past tense because you have put away falsehood. Or it could be a present tense. And now putting away falsehoods. And I think the answer is Paul is being deliberately ambiguous. You see, what Paul is saying here is we are called to put off what is false now, but we have also already put off what is false. We have disbelieved the big lie because of the grace of Jesus Christ. We are shedding the old lives in our belief system as well as speaking the truth. And I think the hint here is in what Paul says by way of falsehood. You see, I think if we were to talk to our children and encourage them to speak truly, we would say, we want you to stop telling lies. Wouldn't we? We'd put it in the plural. We want you to stop lying. And Paul does something a little bit different here. He says, having put away... And the actual word is the, I would put a capital in front of it, lie. There is a big lie that you must put away. It's not just the little lies that make up our problems. It is the big lie. It is a big category of falsehood. And that is you must put aside a wrong view of the universe. Let me ask you a question. Who is at the center of the universe? And do your actions speak louder on this than your words? You see, the big lie is, I am at the center of the universe. When I leave a room, it doesn't really matter what goes on there. If I don't care about something, it doesn't matter. If I don't want something, it isn't worth having. Everyone should cater to my needs. And you see, the only difference in men and women and children is the older we get, the better we are at concealing our belief in the big lie. You know, babies can't conceal it at all. Some of you that have had young infants recently know this. A baby doesn't care if you're sick. baby doesn't care if you're tired. baby doesn't care if it's three in the morning. If the baby wants something, what does the baby do? The baby screams. And cries. And you can go to the baby and, and tell the baby, Dear, please quiet down. You're just going to work yourself up. It's late. You don't really need anything. You've already eaten. You've already been changed. And shock of shocks, you can't rationalize with a baby. You can't convince a baby otherwise. The only thing that you can do typically to stop that crying is to satisfy that need. That or get a pair of earplugs, shut the door, and hope that the baby will just get too tired. And this happens as we grow older. We become a little bit more able to work our needs in front of other people in a hidden way. And eventually we reach the stage where we can try and project our needs onto someone else in a way that they think it was their idea to give us something. But you see, it's that same basic principle Look at me. Take care of me. Answer me. Work with me. (coughs) That is the big lie 
of the universe. It's the lie that began with Satan when he said, I will be God. It's the lie that came to mankind in the garden in which Adam and Eve said, we will be like gods. We will be the center of the universe. And ever since then, it is the lie that every sinful man, woman, and child believes. That's why Paul can say that the history of mankind in Romans 1, verse 25, is that we exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. You see, this is the big lie that is in front of us, that God is not God, that God is not worthy of being worshipped as God. That is the large untruth. That all of our life in which we fail to honor and serve God is serving that lie. And we can make excuses for it, can't we? We can say, well, you know, the Bible says that I should do this, but, you know, I have an exceptional case here. My case is unique. The Bible says I shouldn't steal, but really, I really want this, or I really need this. The Bible says that I should honor my father and my mother, but you don't know my father and my mother. The Bible says I shouldn't covet what someone else has, but, but I can't help myself. It's who I am. And all of that is just repeating a big lie. A lie that comes out, did God really say in His Bible that? Did God really mean that to apply to me? You see, it doesn't sound so effective an interpretation of Scripture when we realize our commentator is Satan himself. But you see, this is the big lie that we see. It is always the way of the devil. You see, that is why our Lord Jesus Christ can say that Satan is a liar and has been so from the beginning. Now, if this is true, then we obviously will see lies in the world as people believe the big lie. And there are lies that we see all the time, aren't there? There are publicly acceptable lies. We call them advertising. Buy this and you'll be smarter. Buy this and you will be beautiful. Oh, 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 get this and you will be successful. You'll have the perfect life if you only have this gadget. And they say it to us in words and in pictures and in commentary and in magazines and on the screen and we sort of just accept that that's the way the world is we never stop to think and say you know they're telling us we have to have this because it's new and improved does that mean what I bought from them last week is old and junky and I shouldn't have ever been using it in the first place and should I buy new and improved? What happens if next year they come out with new and improved again? But you see, we just accept this and it rolls off our back. We do not hold our society accountable to the truth. There's another type of publicly acceptable or accepted lies. We just take it as a part of life. Perhaps the best example of that is with politicians. 
There's, of course, an old quip that goes, how can you tell when a politician is lying? Look and see if his lips are moving. But I ask you this, is there really any difference between what the politician says and what we say? Except for the fact that their words are recorded and we can go back after the fact and say, no, you said exactly this, it was a lie. But you see, don't we do the same things? I'm sure none of you have ever tried to sell a vacation on your spouse. Oh, it'll be wonderful. Oh, I'll do everything that needs to be done. Don't worry about it. Your life will be easy. I'm sure none of you kids have ever sold a school on your parents. Oh, I've got to go here. It's the best place. I'm sure that... No, the football team doesn't have anything to do with it. No, 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 no. I'm sure we can afford it. You see, we become just like that because it's a part of our society. There are lies that we see in the world today in relationships. Husbands and wives regularly lie to one another. Living of completely separate lives. You know, especially younger married people, you need to understand this. There was a day and age in which no couple had separate bank accounts Ever. Ever. You knew what your spouse had. You worked together. You would never think of having separate phone numbers. You would never think of having separate safety security deposit accounts. But today, we keep things regularly from our spouses. There are relationship lies that come out all the time too between children and parents. Have you ever wondered, young people, why mom and dad know that you're lying to them? I'm going to reveal some state's evidence here, parents, so you'll have to forgive me. But I'm going to do it for a good cause. Your parents know when you are lying to them because they lied to their parents. They know what a lie looks like. You can't get away with a lie. Trust me. Mom and dad really do know everything in this arena because they've probably seen it, done it, or tried it. It's just a part of the world around us. But it seems to also be picking up steam. There are lies that we use to our advantage. I'm not that old. And in my day and age, there were not websites or tests or companies that had to be used by teachers to keep people from cheating. I think the latest statistics are that nearly every student cheats at one time or another. It was virtually unthinkable in my day, my parents' day and my grandparents' day. Sure, people did it, but it was not as rampant as it is now. And now we want to get a competitive advantage over someone else, and we think an average that is two points higher is worth offending the living God that somehow that will bring us more success. Everybody's doing it. We have to, too. But it doesn't end at school, does it? Many of you know the pressure at work to lie. Lie to the client, shade the truth. Lie to the boss, shade the truth. Lie to the people who are next to you, shade the truth. Why? Well, we've just got to get over this hump. We've just got to get that contract signed. We've just got to make it to the next level. That's okay. 
Once we get there, then we can tell the, t- the client the truth. But we've got to make it that next step. This is what happens over and over again. And lest we think in a world of lies that it's just the people out there, I think we also have to understand and acknowledge that there are also not only lies we see, but there are lies that we make. First and foremost, it begins with exaggerating ourselves. It starts small, but it grows, doesn't it? We just find a way to tell people what we're good at. We mention certain stories that make us look a little bit better than we really were. We embellish them. We put a layer of varnish over them. This is something that we we chalk up as it doesn't even matter. We even have a category for things like this, don't we? Little white lies. They're lies that are good. They're helpful. Has anybody thought of little white murder recently? Or how would you like me to little white steal something from your house? And yet we're so ready to steal the truth from others. We think it's not that important. And we do it the other way too, don't we? We tear other people down. We tell stories in a way that makes them look worse than they are. We find ways to push people down and to give others the impression that they're worse than they are. Because you see, what we're really doing here is believing the big lie again because what we are trying to do is to build out our own reality. We're not happy with the reality and providence that God has given to us and so we want to take charge and fashion it the way that we want. And I wonder why we think we can make reality better than God. Now, I didn't say I wonder why we think we can make reality a little bit more pleasant for us in the moment. No, I mean, why do we think we're better at creating reality? I was looking recently at some stories involving alternate realities, alternative history, what-if kind of scenarios. And one really caught my eye because often we think of these things in ways in which the world would be so much better if only this had happened and what would it look like. Well, this particular story was about how someone thought the world would be so much better without Adolf Hitler. He didn't like history. He didn't like the way providence had come out. And so what he did was he made sure that Hitler would never become the leader of the Nazi party. To his dismay, what happened was someone more competent and better at evil became in charge of the Nazi party. And the Nazis took over the world. And he ended up realizing that he was not as smart as God. That he could not see through all of the permutations. And you see, that's really what lying is. What lying is saying is the reality of the world in front of us is not the way that it should be, and I must change it. Beloved, let me humbly tell you, You are not that smart. Neither am I. We don't know more than God. And so what this means is as we look out in a world of lies, we see that we need the truth. We need the truth first and foremost for ourselves. Look at what Paul does. He says, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. 
Now, in typical Pauline fashion, he allows us no exceptions. This applies to each and every one of us. Do you see that? Paul is going to great lengths. He doesn't just make some vague comment, speak the truth. If you really want to be a good Christian, speak the truth. If you really want to be effective, speak the truth. No, he says, let each one of you, every single one of you, speak the truth. Really, Paul? You mean in the company that I work for? Yes. Really, Paul? With the husband I have to deal with? Yes. Really, Paul, with my parents on my case all the time? Yes. Speak the truth. Even more than that, it applies all the time. He says, let each one of you speak the truth. And he deliberately chooses a word for speak that is a very common word. This is not the word for make a formal argument. This is not the word for enter a debate. This is the word for in all of your talking, speak the truth. At school, at work, in the grocery store, on email, on the phone, speak the truth, Paul says. You see, what we have to do is speak the truth because this allows us to acknowledge reality, the way the world is. And the truth, and as we speak it, the truth shows us an assurance that we are the Lord's. You see, one of the hardest things for a Christian is to know with firmness that they are a Christian. And because of this, many heresies have popped up. Some have said, well, you're definitely a Christian if you're baptized. That's, that's the mark. Or you're definitely a Christian if you say this exact prayer. Then you're definitely a Christian. But you see, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you trust Him with your whole heart, you will be saved. And if we're honest with ourselves... We wonder, are we really trusting Christ? Are we really saved? If God could only give us a sign, something in the clouds, a pillar of fire, something. And what Paul says is, you have a sign. Because if you know the Lord Jesus Christ by saving faith, He will change you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, He will make you more and more like Jesus. Jesus who is the truth. And so if you are going to be like Jesus, you must speak the truth more and more. The more you speak the truth, the more you are like Jesus. The less you speak the truth, the less you are like Jesus. And so as we speak the truth, it is a comfort to our hearts to know God is at work in our lives. Now let me ask you this frankly. Would you trade a contract at work for sureness in your soul that you are Jesus's? The truth will do that for you. Would you trade an A- minus for an A to know that you belong to Christ? The truth will do that for you. And that is something that the truth will do for each and every one of us. I don't care how old or young we are. If I might, as difficult as it is for us to get a rein on this sin, it is also perhaps the easiest 
form of sanctification for a young person to practice. Everyone here who's young, I mean very young, under 10, you can practice being like Jesus. You can do it today. Go home and make it your business to only tell your parents the truth today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today. And then tomorrow, make it your business to speak the truth tomorrow. And then the next day, And build day upon day upon day. And this is how we cultivate a love of the truth and a knowledge of how beneficial it is in our lives. But the truth is not just for us. It's for others as well. Do you see what Paul says? He says, it's important to speak the truth with our neighbor, for we are members one of another. Now the truth is an objective concept. Just like we talked about the lie, there is the truth. How will others learn about Jesus Christ unless we tell them the truth? How will others know what has changed us unless we practice the truth? And it is necessary for our society to function. Have you noticed that it is getting harder and harder to function in society because of a lack of truth? Do you wonder why there are more lawyers per capita in the United States than any other place in the world? It's because right out of the gate we say to each other, we know we're going to lie to one another. So we need to bring somebody in, not to help us tell the truth, to help us catch you in a lie. Think of how much better society would be If you could go into business with someone, walk up to them, shake their hand, and know that it would stick. Would any of you do that today? You'd be foolhardy to do that. You see, this is the necessary element of truth. But it's not just about what we say, is it? Because after all, again, if we're honest, we know that what we do reflects our view of the truth. And we see this in Moses' comments in Deuteronomy, which initially don't seem to have much to do with lying or telling the truth. It's more to do with business. But I think you'll see what's going on here is primarily not theft. What's going on here primarily is a failure to tell the truth. Moses says, You shall not have in your bag two kinds of weights, a large and a small. Now you know why that would be, right? Because when you're selling things, you put the weight in that makes them seem like there's more. So you get more money. And when you're buying things, you use the weight that makes it seem like they're smaller. So you pay less. It's like working the margins, right? It's beating the market. There's only one problem with it. It's a lie. It's a premeditated lie. Because after all, you must premeditate to make two types of weights and carry them around in your bag. You see, what Paul is saying is don't, or excuse me, what Moses is saying here is don't be like the world. Don't be prepared to lie. Be prepared to tell the truth. Are you prepared today to tell the truth? To put others before yourself? To sacrifice your gain for God's glory? 
You see, we must deny ourselves and our own needs to tell the truth. But there's a second thing here that's important. What must we do if we're not going to have small and large weights? If we're not going to have full and fair, or excuse me, full and small measures? Well, we have to trust God, don't we? You see, telling the truth is all about trusting God. How will I succeed? Well, I'll tell you how you could succeed. You could succeed at a class by stealing the final exam and getting all the answers and cheating. But that wouldn't be success. You could succeed by lying to someone you're doing business with and telling them your product does things it doesn't or will last when it won't. But you won't succeed. You see, you have to give up this advantage of lying. And when you give up that advantage, what you are saying is, I trust God to carry me through. I don't need to be shady. I don't need to work the angles. I trust God and His promise. Look at verse 15. Why should you have only one kind of weight? Why should you have only one kind of measure? That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. God is telling you right now today, He will take care of you. Trust Him. Trust Him enough to tell the truth. Show Him that you trust Him. Convince yourself that your life is in His hands by telling the truth. It's not just talk. We have to deny ourselves. We have to trust God. And then really what that leads to is glorifying God. Because look here at verse 16. For all who do such things, all who act dishonestly, are an abomination to the Lord your God. And here we see that Paul went to the school of Moses. Once again, there are no exceptions. Moses doesn't say, all except for those people who are in a really tight spot. All except for those people who really we understand the problems they have. No, he says all, everybody, you and you and you and you and you and you and me, all of us together, without exception. All who fail to tell the truth are actually acting dishonestly. And and this is more than just dishonesty. There is a vileness to this. There There is a horribleness to this. This is not a little white lie. Because you see, what this does is it mocks justice. It makes justice of no import. And it's actually indicative of who the fool is. You know the Bible verse that says, the fool says in his heart there is no God? Do you know that verse goes on to say, they are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. Same word here as dishonesty. Do you want to be thought a fool? then don't lie. Have you ever thought of it that way? You see, the liar is a fool. 
Because he says, there is no God. And he won't take care of me. And I'm on my own. There are no exceptions. There are consequences to our actions. And we have to understand that this gives evidence to us of the work of God in our lives. Whom do you serve today? Do you serve the Lord, your God? You see how personal Moses makes it? The Lord, your God. He's yours. Are you today being made more and more like Jesus Christ? One of those places to start is in telling the truth. You see, one of the things that I hope we're noticing as we look at each one of these ways in which we can live more like Jesus in the world is that it is a way to be counter-cultural. Have you thought about that? It's more counter-cultural to stand in a meeting and tell the truth than it is to dress up in all kinds of get-up. You don't have to get any weird piercings in weird places. You don't have to do anything odd with your hair. All you need to do to be really countercultural is tell the truth. You might even start a movement at work, in your neighborhood, in your school, with your friends. You might be known as the truth-telling gang. And wouldn't that be glorious? Wouldn't that show a trust in God? Wouldn't that allow each of us, from the youngest to the oldest, to know that we are the Lord, our gods. And He will take care of us and we will honor Him because, you see, it is not just that God speaks truth. God is truth. And when you lie, you don't just deceive someone else. When you lie, you don't just shade the truth. When you lie, you attack the living God and His character. That's why God takes it so seriously. That's why Jesus Christ says to liars, you are of your father, the devil. It's why if we read at the end of the book of Revelation, when all of the horrible sins of those who have rejected the gospel are laid out, blasphemies, murder, idolatry, in every instance in that list is always found lying. It's important. Are you ready today to live like Jesus? To live for Jesus? For the glory of Jesus Christ? Then begin this afternoon with a commitment to tell the truth. For God's glory. Amen.